Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit, period, responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. All right, folks, joining us all the way from Serbia, I have Luke. How are you, buddy? We're doing great. Yourself? I am, uh, I'm doing good, man. Thanks uh, Thanks for coming on, man. We had to kind of fendangle the uh, schedule a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, okay. Don't worry. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad it worked out. So yep, it how are things over in Serbia today? Because you guys are a lot closer than the war to the war than we are. Yeah, it's uh, pretty intense here when it comes to the war situation, the Ukrainian conflict. For now, our president is pretty incapable of doing anything useful for us. Uh, Only thing that we got from this war is uh, higher gas prices and higher food and supply prices. So right now, uh, our inflation is going up by 12% a month, I think. It's like 12% each month compared to the old prices before war so we're pretty damn you know in trouble when it comes to the war but not physically uh, or in any physical danger just like economically wise because you know serbia is not like first world country anyways so the war is just gonna like uh, weigh us on a uh, way way down on us even more when it comes to the prices and all i i think that i mean that's definitely something that's affected us here and i think a lot of places in europe what i'm just curious you know because i I don't know. I don't know who to believe in the news anymore about, you know, right and wrong and stuff like that. The, the feeling in your part of the world, do most Serbian folks, do they side with Russia or Ukraine or are they just kind of like just stop so we can go back to normal? Yeah, there's this narrative that uh, Serbian people have that uh, uh, Russians are like good people and that Russian dictatorship is pretty good, but f- f- they don't actually see the reality of the situation uh, because our country was at war in the 90s with the Croatia and other ex-Yugoslav countries, and we had the pretty similar issues, and now when there is uh, a global conflict happening, like everybody's involved with Ukraine and Russia, uh, Serbs are still on Russia's side for some reason. 
is probably because uh, of the religion, because we are both like Orthodox, we use the same alphabet, Cyrillic one, and uh, our roots go back closer than with uh, Ukrainians and uh, other Western countries. So there is this narrative in Serbia that if you don't like Russia, you're probably like uh, cheering for USA, you're cheering for the Western countries to succeed in invading Russia. So we are given the narrative as well as I think that Americans are, but you know, I think the one that we are given is not really rational and you know, people don't think really deeply into the the idea of war when they just like they wear these um uh shirts around uh, everywhere that support Russia and Putin and everything. So yeah, it's it's all about media again, you know, like everything else. It's how it's portrayed in the media and for now in Serbia what you see Russia good, everything else bad. We get uh, fuel from Russia, and that's the only thing we know, uh, the Serbian people want to know. Well, let me ask you this because you mentioned this um, about like the views of the West. Are are, yeah. are the Americans not very well liked in Serbia? Um, mo- mostly no, mostly no. Um, uh, here, I'm going to be honest. People think of Americans as this burger nation. Like uh, whenever we mention USA or Western nations, it's like oh, Americans they're like eating burgers all day and just driving everywhere. That's like overall idea of how we see Americans. And uh, it's not like just that, but it's more like uh, it's corporate America, and you know everything is about money and not actually uh, you know family and friendships and honesty. They see um, because. Compared to Serbia, USA has pretty uh, strong laws when it comes to corruption, to, when it comes to criminal, to, to criminal justice and everything. So when they hear that somebody, somebody in USA somewhere, let's say in Texas, got uh, imprisoned for uh, hundred plus uh, years for uh, murder of a police officer, it's like uh, whole hell breaks out loose here in Serbia because it's not usual sentence to hear. So they think you're like Americans are crazy. How can you give somebody hundred years in prison? How is this okay? You know, I think it's cultural difference, but uh, it's uh, probably comes from media again. As I said, we are given the narrative that Russians are good and West is overall bad, because uh, our ex country Yugoslavia was always leaning more towards the East than towards the West. So, yeah, it's probably that. But you know, uh, West is overall seen as this bad place where you go only if you have to make money you go there to make money and you come back you don't stay there you don't want to stay there people are bad and so on it's like really 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 bad idea that are that is given to the people by the media and you know wherever you look and especially from elderly people that uh, actually went through the 19 uh, through the bombings uh, of uh, serbia in 1990 uh, when nato bombed uh, kosovo and serbia and that's the, where most negativity comes from because nobody ever got punished for the crimes that happened in Serbia. But, you know, when we did it, you know, it's like a, this big problem, you know. So I think it's that's the main reason that uh, people actually hate or don't like the idea of leaving or going to the USA. It's interesting kind of hearing that perspective because, you know, when that happened, I was a pretty young kid. And I, I'm kind of ignorant to all <laughs> that, you know, what happened in, you know, because Kosovo, basically kind of declared their independence and that's kind of that's still a thing to this day right where it is sadly is that a feeling in most of serbia that kosovo shouldn't be an independent state and they should be part of serbia or what's the feeling yeah the, the feeling yeah most serbs i mean like 90 percent of serbia will say yes we don't want kosovo to go their own way because we just don't it's our national and historical heritage kind of and uh, first serbian capital 
city was in Kosovo. In, uh, I think it was around Pristina or something. I'm not really familiar because I never actually cared or could care about that idea because I was focused on other things in life and not just like some politics and, you know, things that, uh, you know, like Kosovo issue and everything. But, you know, um, the idea of Kosovo being independent is not well accepted because uh, of uh, the deep history that we have uh, with the, that geographical location as Serbs, because that's where our nation originated from, uh, Southern Serbia, which is Kosovo right now. And people see it as, you know, if you want to bring this topic to uh, your average your, uh, European or Western guy like you, I would say, imagine uh, Texas going independent from USA. How would you feel? You know, that's the same feeling for us. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, if it was California, I'd be totally good with it. But... Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Armpit of the USA, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so one more thing on kind of, to kind of, I guess, kind of introduce Serbia a little bit, because I, I am not, I'll raise my hand. I am not very worldly at all, so... which is kind of embarrassing. But you mentioned something about Serbia is not really a uh, a first world country. What, I mean, do you guys have fresh water? Do you guys, I mean, why why would you describe Serbia that way? When you compare uh, our, my country, I'm going like Serbia to, let's say, uh, other European countries, even some like Slovenia, and that are more uh, cult- culturally close to us than, let's say, USA or Germany, uh, we are far off uh, on many points uh, and far back on many points than you guys are. Uh, to begin with, uh, uh, basic government build uh, government institutions don't work properly. If you want to do something, you want to do it yourself. If you want to report somebody to police, the police is most likely not going to go to, to, to be doing the greatest job of it. You know, if you are going to go to hospital, you're probably going to have to wait long or pay somebody under the desk to cross the you know cross to the first. To, the, to, to be the first in the row for the doctor, you know, to cross the line, to cut in the line, if you understand what I mean. No, I, so, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying, yeah. So everywhere you look, from schooling to uh, medicine to everything, we have everything that you guys have, but it's just not working properly. Uh, I cannot just pay my share of taxes and be happy with my life because somebody else knows this, let's say, this doctor, for example, in the doctor's office, and he's going to get better treatment and I'm not going to get any or I'm going to get the most basic one just because I'm paying taxes, you know. But if you have, like, relations with the government and you're good with the local, uh, like, the local government, you're probably going to be well well off compared to most average Serbian citizen. And on the other hand, our economy is not stable as Western economies, which is normal for Eastern Europe overall. And, you know, that's why I say it's not like first world country. Yes, we have water, but uh, not all houses have water here. Not uh, every house has uh, electricity. Not every house is connected to the sewage. Uh, not every house wants to be connected to the sewage. There are no certain rules in anything. Uh, overall, it's uh, when, when you look at the state, yeah, it's organized. You can live in it like you would live in USA. And if you moved here, you would have a normal life, yes in city or in some suburb area. But if you move out into the more rural areas, you would see that there is no support from public services. There is lack of public services overall. Sometimes it takes police and firefighters to like 30 minutes to arrive to your location just to see what's going on, not to mention what steps they will take to actually help you. Like there was this one situation in my area because I'm a little like, I I don't live in the city. I live in the suburbs and I saw my neighbor's uh, roof on fire 
I reported it to the fire service and it took them 30 minutes to come. Once they approached the house, their truck broke down and they had to call another crew to assist. So that's where the second world country comes into play. You know, you seem, and again, not worldly, but you seem kind of, I guess, really worldly and almost, I won't, I don't want to say Americanized, but you seem like you really kind of know what's going on. What, I guess let's hear about you a little bit, man. What's your story? Uh, my story when it comes to like uh, where I'm right now, what I'm doing, or just like how how I'm so like familiar with these topics. So how you're so familiar with all that? And we'll talk about policing later. I find all this really yeah. interesting. Well, uh, when I was a kid, I was like put in this uh, preschool, uh, private preschool, uh, where we started learning like. Uh, basic uh, skills that you need to progress in life, not like your standard uh, state uh, preschool that you have in Serbia. It was paid by my parents and I went to this special school for like kids that could actually afford normal preschool, not like your standard where nobody pays attention to your child or anything. So in this school, we were learning English from young age. We were given, uh, uh, we were given opportunities to watch and learn what we wanted. And, uh, what attracted me was this like English language in the first place. I started learning English when I was five, which is really young when you compare it to other Serbs, because most, like many, many of my uh, friends don't even know two words of English. And here I'm like talking to you in some English that you can understand at the very least. So that's where it first all started. Then I got myself a computer. My parents bought me a computer when I was like 12. So at uh, age 12, I was playing video games like everybody else, of course. And um, I started uh, getting some interest into these uh, like open world games like GTA, for example. And that's where I saw this uh, like life that you're shown through these games, like how your country looked in the 80s, 90s, 70s, doesn't matter. And then it uh, kind of triggered my you know interest to see what it actually was. So I went to Google and I Googled uh, Los Angeles and then I saw what Los Angeles looks like. Then I, I went on and, lo- and Googled uh, Las Vegas and I saw how it looked like, you know, and it got me all triggered and interested to see what's life uh, like abroad and away from the country where I was born and raised. So later I started playing more of, uh, again, GTA and it was focused on role play gaming where you actually get a certain role like you are, you know, doing your, like you're, like it is in real life and then you take that role seriously like for example you can be uh you can drive a truck a bus or be a police officer in the game as well so this is where i kind of experienced uh my first interactions with uh, americans and other people from across the world and that's where i actually learned many topics and like what you hear from me now is all based on mostly on what i heard from many many people from around the world not only americans but other europeans and you know Australians and whatnot. Dude, I, I'm kind of blown away how how cool that is because I I think a lot of people kind of look at video games as a, a net negative. But yeah. I think sometimes, especially A, I mean, it's supposed to be fun. People forget that. It's supposed to be kind of like a break from real life. I think some people take it way too far and they do. take it their entire life. But the way... You know, and I, I don't play anymore because if I played games, my wife would leave me because I I would get obsessed with them. <laughs> I know I know how I am, but it's yeah. um, but it's it it's cool that you know you can kind of experience and meet people all over the world. I mean, my kid has friends, you know that he's you know 
made through other friends and stuff. And so, you know, have a group of the boys and they all play together on Saturday nights or whatever. And it, it's a lot different than when I grew up, but it's, I guess it's still kind of that social interaction. It's just not the same, but it, it's, I find it very interesting that that's kind of how you learned about the outside world was via video games. That's, that's really yep. interesting. Yep. And that's uh, because, you know, here where I live, I live in like countryside, it's suburbs and countryside mixed kind of so there is no other way for me to learn than connect to the internet and actually look on the internet for what i'm interested in and how can you gain an interest then hear from your uh, friends in the school what they do and then you like see if you like it or not and then you know because i i did not have the ability to take uh, a five minute walk and just go to the park and play with my friends all the time i live seven or more kilometers it's like i don't know about let's say about seven miles or more uh away from the first park that I can play some other games in real life with, you know. So I was mostly focused on computers and, you know, that's where I also learned about some basic, like, uh, computing and things about computers. Like, I connect, like my first computer was the one that my parents bought me, but the second one was all, all me. I bought it, I connected it, I, you know, put the parts together and everything. So my parents were pretty shocked when they heard me speaking English over the computer as a 15-year-old, you know. And they saw me actually making the, uh, putting the PC together myself, you know. That's, for me, it was a positive experience. And I'm actually glad that I went through it because it opened uh, my eyes to how things actually are, in my opinion. Uh, there is a lot more to it than just what you you hear from your parents and your surroundings again that's why i'm not uh, strictly pro-russian or pro-ukrainian because i had the opportunity to hear americans and ukrainians and russians and europeans what they think of it you know are your parents pretty supportive of your uh, worldly endeavors uh they are actually supportive of everything but as long as it's not hurting anybody you know it's parents like everybody else so they were uh, at, at one point i asked them i asked them if we were going to move somewhere out of this country and they at one point my mom was yes we're moving out and i was like where are we going and she said like new zealand new zealand whatever however you say it in english no you said I was it like, right. yeah. i was like why are we going there i don't know anything about new zealand and she's like because we have family there we're going there because the economy is really bad here we're struggling and we have to go and we were re- really close to moving we were packed our shit together and like we're pretty close to actually going there and then something else popped up new opportunity for my mother and father i guess and they changed their mind and stayed here. But yeah, we were actually pretty close to moving out of Serbia on one occasion. So yeah, that was not an uh, unfamiliar concept to them. It was pretty familiar, like going abroad. My father even lived in uh, London for better part of five years, I think. Well, let's let's change gears a little bit and talk about yeah. uh, policing. So what was your uh, drive to get into law enforcement? Well... Uh, I forgot to send you the image, but uh, when I was like a little kid, I somehow was attracted to the uniform. Like it's it's something I cannot explain to anybody. I cannot explain it even to myself. It was uh, probably because when I was really young, my mother uh, was working in a store in downtown uh, city where we live. And in this store, I was always uh, present. I was like, when I go to school and after school and before school, I would always uh, be with my mother in this store. And because it is downtown, the the store is in the downtown area 
it's like a grocery store. So uh, cops were also stopping by and talking to her and even stopping for a coffee sometimes and for a short break. And uh, this is where I met this one uh, older cop that still works, but is about to retire. He now works in this department where I also work. And he was kind of my motivation. I saw him as this uh, pretty light and uh, bright person in my life compared to other people that I met, other adults who were pretty like uh, obsessed with adult stuff at the time, you know, like economy, like how are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? Like, and stuff like that. While this cop that I met was like a really bright person who always talked to me and talked about anything, but these stressful things that you see stressful as a kid. So that's my first interaction with uniform. And then when I got like, when I was a little older, like, I don't know, like 15, uh, then I actually started getting interested in law enforcement over over that cop that I met. He gave me opportunity to look inside the police cruisers and, you know, go to the police station and see how it all looks. For some reason, I got attracted to it pretty bad. And then I started exploring myself. I was asking other cops that my mother knew and father, how how is the work like? Like, what do you do on a daily basis? And they told me not to go into law enforcement here. And I was pretty ignorant of what they told me, but I still wanted to hear the interesting side of the law enforcement. And I just ignored the bad parts that they were saying, you know, like, don't go to law enforcement because this this, this is really bad. Like, corruption is still at pretty high rate, you know, here. It's a small community. You cannot write so many tickets here because whatever you do, everybody's going to hear. It's a small community, you know, everybody knows everyone and so on and so on. But I was ignorant of that fact. I was just, I want to be a police officer and that's what I want to do. I want to help people do the good do good things. Sometimes do the bad in eyes of the public, but you know, do what you have to do and do your job. And that's how I got attracted to it, pretty much. You mentioned um the corruption, which has kind of been a theme about I, I, I don't want to paint Serbia with a, a broad brush, but it seems like that could be an issue in the government. Is yeah. What what type of government do you have? I mean, do you have elected officials like a democracy type government or is it a yeah, monarchy? Ser- Serbia is a democracy, but Serbs say it's democracy on papers. Just because in reality, the demo- it's everything but democracy. Uh, from what I know, democracy is where everybody gets to vote, everybody has rights, but everybody has, uh, has to abide by the law and everybody, and the law works for everybody the same. There is no like uh, class difference and just because you're a different class, uh, the law doesn't apply to you. Well, in our democracy, the broken democracy that we have, that we live in, uh, laws are not the same for everybody. Uh, it works different for me. It works different for you. It works different for a son of, son of uh, some government person. It works different if you are the governor himself. And if you know people, you can get out of anything. You know, Not murder legit, but you can get out of like... Uh, some smaller problems that you might encounter as someone who does something illegal, for example, stealing, uh, bulgari robberies and things like that can be resolved on such a level that your punishment will be uh, given out, but in the smaller amount than it would be to your average Serbian, just because you know somebody or you paid the judge to give you the smaller, you know, but not the state, you paid the judge for real, like you pay with your own money, into judge private's pocket so you can get the smaller uh, punishment or less jail time for example that's how it's done here if you know if you know people you can do anything basically and if you have money so that's what i when i say corruption that's what i think of you know and there is corruption on all levels basically you can 
be corrupt as a normal police officer, as a patrol officer, there is corruption and there is corruption in the higher-ups. You know, there is our chief might be corrupt or was corrupt, the next one. And even the minister of internal affairs himself might be corrupt, which he most likely is, but it's not on me to say, you know. Now, is it, is, it, is it basically widely accepted, though? So let's say a judge is accepting, we'll, we'll call it, that would basically be a, called a bribe here. It is a bribe, yeah. If, if if a judge is accepting a bribe, is that just accepted or is there potential penalties for the judge? I mean, is uh, it- there, is, there, is, there is penalties for everything, of course. Like it is punished in the United States. Bribery is pretty looked down upon uh, from the... Uh, from the from the people in Serbia, but uh, just because uh, of our uh, state of the state that we were that we went through during divorce, because everything was done like when we went through the Yugoslav Yugoslav war with Croatia and other countries that uh, departed from Serbia, uh, we didn't have money. Money was meaningless. Everything was in if you knew somebody who knew somebody. So this uh, knowing somebody mentality was transitioned into democracy, which is really a bad thing because in democracy, there is no, no need for you to know somebody because law is the same for you. It's same for me. You have the rights. I have the rights. But because our mentality prevailed over democracy, that's the issue that we are currently encountering. It's currently being rooted out, kind of. We are trying to get rid of it, but it's really, really rough and hard path for Serbs to go against it because... Uh, as I said, the whole system is rigged and corrupt overall, and it's not working against you directly. But if you want to go against the corruption and against the system yourself, you're not gonna make it. You're, you're gonna be torn down by the by the government, by the state. You're not stronger than the state, and that's what they tell you right off from the academy that you cannot trick the state. State is above everybody. That leads me to my next question: Are citizens allowed to have guns? Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty widespread thing to have a gun here, but uh, as of 2012 or 13, I think uh, there was this um, buyback, gun buyback that uh, uh, our ministry organized, and uh, people were tricked into thinking that they were that they will be given a good good amount of uh, money as compensation for them uh, giving police department the guns that they own from uh, war times and they were tricked they were given little tonal money basically for the guns they gave back and then the tyranny started so government could not uh, hold could not go against the people because people were armed probably as as people in us are now or even more Uh, and even now after this massive disarming of our nation uh, we still have about uh, every other household has a legal gun in, in their ownership so Guns are a widespread thing, but uh, not in the public, just uh, as a home defense, you know, thing. Okay. So I guess just for a little bit of context, so I understand, like, are people allowed to, like, open carry guns or anything like that? Or basically they're allowed to have them only in their houses for home protection or hunting or whatever? Yeah, you're only allowed to possess a gun uh, if you're hunting or uh, uh, doing a sport that, uh, uh, that you need a gun for. And... Uh, if you are protecting yourself in your house. So there is three types of uh, gun licenses for the home defense, for hunting, and for sport. Uh, Depending on which license you get, you are allowed to buy certain ammo, certain types of ammo, amounts, and certain weapons. And for each weapon that you buy, you have to report it to the state and get permission 
from the state that you're cleared from the background check that you that, that you go through. So each time you, you buy a weapon, even though you were cleared the first time, you're, you're going to have to be cleared again by the state that you pass the background check to possess the weapon, to own a gun, you know, in your house. And it goes like that all around. If you want to have another gun, you have to go through the same painful process of paying the taxes, going to the police department, uh, going through the background check that lasts for about, about a whole month, uh, a month, and it's all subjective to the police officer that does the background check because it's still some communist leftover things that we have in our system that allows us as a police officers to decline your gun permit on on my own, uh, you know, like I can just say I consider you unsafe for the society and the state says, okay, you're not safe, you're not safe for us and you cannot own a gun. Just because Luke said you cannot have a gun, you will not have a gun, you know. Or if your neighbor reports you for, you know, I don't know, loud, loud music during the evening, you're not going to have the ability to possess a gun ever in your life again. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, the next question I have kind of along these, as far as like the rights go of the citizens in the country, what about free speech? Do the citizens have the right to free speech in Serbia? Yeah, you have the full, full, full right to free speech, uh, as in you can say anything you want. Nobody will give a damn F about what you're talking and who are, what you're saying, as long as you're not insulting anybody or it's based on racial or other, you know, so, like it's, it, it needs to be logical and normal. You're not gonna uh, jeopardize others' rights just to for the free speech. But you can say anything you want, and nobody will, you know, you know, punish you. But uh, what is illegal in Serbia, and I don't think it's legal in USA, is saying "fuck you" in public. You cannot say "fuck you" to a person in public because it's considered a misdemeanor, and police officer can ha- find you on the spot for insulting another person in public if third party reports it. Also, shouting in public is also illegal if somebody reports it because it's considered uh, disturbing the peace. It goes under the law called disturbing the peace law. In Serbia, I, th- so. it, I probably would never do it. I think depending on circumstance and the way your laws are written, if um, if you were basically trying to pick a fight and saying, hey, fuck you, I'll kick your ass kind of thing. In that circumstance, I think potentially you could have like a disorderly conduct or disturbing the peace type of thing. If you're, you're basically, you're trying to start a fight <laughs> type deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I think it's really circumstantial, but I wouldn't say never here, but it, it would not probably be very likely. So I, I guess as I'm asking all these questions about rights, you see there's a lot of corruption. Is there any, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel with having guns, people would maybe be like, Hey, we're tired of this shit. And maybe yeah. there would be an uprising or, you know, is there, <clears throat> is there, I guess, is there any internal fear about like a civil war there or people yeah, just kind of is. accepting it? No, nobody's accepting it. They, we had like massive protests, uh, protest uh, in our capital Belgrade in front of the Capitol building in Serbia uh, last summer, this summer and every other month, there is massive protesting against the government, against the corruption, against the corrupt police officers, against the corrupt government and the governors. And uh, they're afraid. They they brought out the military, uh, at one point, military personnel, police military personnel into the streets because basic police was not really happy with handling so many armed, armed and dangerous people that are actually mad about something. Because we actually feel the same issues. We are not excluded from the tyranny of the government that we go through just because we're police officers even we go through the sometimes we go through the worst hell than a normal citizen goes through by the government just because we work for the government so 
Yeah, there were massive protests uh, in Belgrade in 2020, 21, and 22. Uh, and uh, it resulted in just many broken heads and buildings being torn down. Many police cars were set on fire. You know, not, not as bad as Minneapolis, but, you know, pretty bad. That that's kind of telling right there. Not as bad as Minneapolis, but pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> oh boy. On, on that side of things, uh, again, the media control. The media is uh, kind of manipulated by the government. The time that you can get in media, if you're not a person of interest for the government, it's really like really low time. Like you can be on air for twelve, twenty, one hour minute, like one hour max. But the, uh, let's say our president, he gets all the time he wants on the on the TV channels and. He's everywhere. He's all present, all seeing. And that's how he wants to protect himself, that he knows everything. He he sees everything. His, his specialty is in everything. Like when the, he shows up on TV, let's say they talk about road infrastructure and there is the minister that's, uh, his specialty is road infrastructure. And he just steps in front of this guy and says, you don't know anything. I'm going to talk about this. So he portrays himself as, as this big, good, all-knowing, all-knowing, all-seeing guy. And he covers these things up. All these protests were not even shown on the mainstream media. They were shown in on the other media channels and outlets, but not on the mainstream ones. And that's how we know that, you know, we have the issue. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the podcast. I want to tell you about my friends over at the V Development Group. They've been longtime supporters and sponsors of the podcast, and they've got all kinds of great stuff, specifically medical gear. Are you in the market for the RMT, the ratcheting medical tourniquet? Do you need to replenish your bag with the latest medical supplies? Do you need gauze? They have hemostatic gauze. They have chest seals. Anything you're going to need for your kit. Or do you need your own kit? V Development Group has got you covered. New customers save using code PMPM. That is V Development Group, the educated end user's choice. You can find them on the web, vdevgru.com. V-D-E-V-G-R-U.com. And of course, I'll have the links in the podcast description. Now, back to the podcast. So for those playing at home, Serbia is about the size of South Carolina, according to Google. So don't don't at me on that one. So <laughs> a relatively small country compared to our country. So of course, I guess real quick before we get on the police stuff, what are relationships? I mean, obviously, Kosovo is something different, but other neighbors, do you guys all kind of get along in that area? Is there any fear of issues with the other countries? Uh, there is there is always constant fear of going to war with uh, the countries that you were at war with during the Yugoslav war, like Croatia, Bosnia, uh, and other countries around us, Bulgaria, and so on. But on the other hand, it's not a, a realistic fear that you have as a citizen. It's more of a fear that your government will fuck something up with the other country government, and then you'll have to go to war. Not because you hate the country, because or you hate the people, because we don't actually hate anybody. We go uh, Croatians visit Serbia and Belgrade all the time. And we visit, we, we go to vacation to Croatia all the time. We are on, on personal levels. Uh, uh, nations go together pretty well. Croats and Serbs are pretty good together. Croats, Croats Bosnians, uh, Serbs, Albanians, the people from Kosovo, they're all good together when they meet each other. But when it comes to the government, they are the ones hushing and making the problems for the people. You know, so... We are not really afraid to go to war because we don't like each other, but because our government will make us to. So I guess we should probably talk about policing stuff a little bit at some point. But this, <laughs> I find this really interesting, man, because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ignorant to all this stuff. So I, I think it's I think everybody else will think this is really interesting, too. As far as policing goes, 
to get hired as a cop in um Serbia is it a like are you kind of a government agency as far well of course you're a government agency let me rephrase that um <laughs> are you are you guys aligned with like the federal government or does each you know city I don't know if you guys have counties or uh, you know we have districts but uh there is like uh, 27 districts that we have each district is uh, composed of uh, one metro metropolitan area, like one big city and other small cities and villages. And this main police department is located in center of the city, while others are like uh, subdivisions and divisions of the main one of those 27. So each of these 27 has the uh, its own uh, chief, but all these chiefs are on the same level. It's all one agency. It's not like... Uh, Let's say one one city like uh, let's say Los Angeles PD or uh, Pasadena PD. You know there is one police department. It's called the same. We wear the same uniform. We have the same law, same rights, and everything. But the structure is organized uh, on local levels, and then it goes up to the state level. Okay, so it's basically it is a federal police force, though. Yes, it I, is. is what I was trying to ask. I couldn't quite yes. spit that out. What is it, what are the qualifications to be hired as a cop in Serbia? Uh, it's uh, your standard high school diploma that you have to go through four year high school, and it must be four years, not two, not three. You have to go through four years of high school minimum. You have to have uh, eyesight like twenty twenty or something like that. I don't know or corrected eye vision as your standard USA departments want you to have. You know, uh, you have to go to the physical testing. You have to. Uh, you must not have any prior criminal history or misdemeanors you can have traffic infractions but that's about it uh what else let's see uh you must be 18 years old or uh older to apply and must not be older than 24 so between 18 and 24 is your hiring age uh really you can't start later in life huh no no you cannot if you chose they want to shape you from the start they don't want somebody who's going to think with their head later on Wow, that is uh, that's concerning to be be honest. Because I'm of the opinion that most people shouldn't start until they're at least 25. It's a pretty dangerous job, and I notice that now when I'm a young cop who's like 22 right now, and you know, I see why it's not a good idea to go into policing as 20 year old. Now, what is what's the training like? Do you guys all go to like one national academy, or and how long is it? How does that all work? <clears throat> right, so. You have uh, two types of uh, police academy here. One that we call academy is not equal to your academy. Our academy that we call academy is four-year-long four year uh, training that you go through. And you after these four years of training, you become a sergeant. You go to the sergeant school instantly after that. You pass the field training program. And after one year, you go to the sergeant training program because you finished four years of of school but if you go to the academy that equals to your academy in usa it's a nine month course we call it a police course so you go through nine months of training that's basically firearms law uh, everything that you need to know as a police officer everything but driving and uh, vehicle equipment because that's not something you learn in academy that's something you learn when you go to the field training and yeah it's nine year it's nine month nine month course that you go so it's one national course. So everybody from the whole Serbia comes to this one place. It's uh, called Sremska Kamenica. It's near the big city, Novi Sad. Doesn't matter because you you probably don't know it anyways, but you know, I'm saying for the others that might 
it has some connection to Serbia. So it's one national academy. Nine months, you start. Uh, the first day you start, you get assigned your uniform. You get your belt, empty belt, empty pouches. And you have this uniform through your whole career. You get some equipment later on, but only if you broke the previous pieces of equipment. Is the academy like a military style academy where you're running and getting yelled at and stuff like that? Or is it like a college like <clears throat> atmosphere? It's everything but college atmosphere. It's military style. Like it, it, what I can compare it to is your boot camp, like some kind of boot camp in USA. Like you go, the it's all drill. All, whole nine months is drilling. You, you're you're being drilled to the to the ground by the drill instructors. From the first day, you're given commands. You're being shouted at to the last day. There is no calm situation during these nine months. Maybe during the weekends, but you sleep, eat, and shit in the same room in the same academy for nine months. You don't go to you don't get to go home unless you have pretty good grades during the academy. Wow. Okay. I can tell um, you how my how my day looked like there pretty much if you want. But yeah, I'd love to hear that. So when you wake up, you wake about you wake up at four, uh, five a.m. Uh, there is uh, two shifts to start uh, because you have two batches of recruits. So one batch wakes up at uh, uh, five a.m. another at uh, five fifteen. Uh, the the everything is same for 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 both batches, but it's just fifteen minutes apart. For the practicality of all things so when you wake up at five you have five minutes to collect yourself uh, put on your uniform all equipment you have assigned to yourself and you go out uh, form a line two lines it's about 400 recruits in two lines so it's uh, 200 200 recruits in each line and you have uh, like a two kilometer run each morning so the morning starts with uh, running right off at uh 520 for example at 520 we start the gymnastics so after the running you have the basic uh, basic training it's like uh, stretching and things like that and after stretching you go back to your um, uh, barracks you change you change the uniform to the clean one and then you go to the uh, breakfast breakfast is done military style you don't go in and just sit and take whatever you want there is again a line you're given a command to take off your hat once you take off your hat, you're given a command to march forward and go up the stairs, and then you go into the restaurant. Once you st- stand by the chairs in the restaurant, you're given a command to sit and start to eat. Once dating starts, there is no fucking reason to talk. If you talk, you're being kicked out and you're not eating for today. And uh, that's like every meal that you have. Between breakfast and uh, uh, what's called the, the, the lunchtime, the lunchtime, you have school, you have... Uh, Law, law class. So you you go to the school part of the academy, and you're being uh, taught how to uh, properly apply laws, how to recognize certain violations, how to you know oppress charges and what charges what, how do you recognize if it's criminal activity or not, and so on, and so on. After uh, lunchtime, uh, the afternoon is spent uh, by working physically uh, or doing physical training like uh, wrestling and things like that, and it's whole afternoon. After the afternoon, you go to dinner about 7, 7 p.m. And after 7 p.m., you have till 10 to go to sleep and free time in the academy, within the circle of academy. So you don't go out of the fence. You can just uh, use your free time from 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, to do whatever you want without uniform, but within the circle of academy. That sounds pretty shitty, man, for night. I get, like, initially, like, the yelling and screaming, like, 
being told how to eat, but I'd be pretty sick of that after a week or two. Yeah, people were leaving. Like like the first week we lost like ten ten people from from my class only. Like our class was two hundred and the other one was two hundred as well. And we lost like ten people right off. And then later during the academy when it was like a bit easier but still really tense, people were still leaving. And in the end, before the final exam, people were again still leaving. So it's uh, really stressful during this uh, academy because our instructors are really young and these instructors uh, didn't work the field like some other officers did. And these instructors come from the special units that Serbia has, like uh, SWAT team and uh, some other special assignments. And they are given the all powers they want to use uh, on us and with us in the, in the academy, as long as it is legal and within the, uh, within the uh, guidebook that they have. Do you feel that level of training i mean i i think there's some merits to some of that type of stuff but i i think at least in the u.s there's kind of this you know we quote unquote the militarized police and so you have people go through that academy and then they get out on the road and it's not it's not really like that out on the road you know so i i i believe in the stress because of stress inoculation so you know you can deal with a stressful situation i think that's good but I guess my question to you would be, how is it on the street? I mean, are things really tense? Do you find yourself, I don't know the right way I want to articulate this, but are, do you feel like that training was good, necessary training, or do you think it was overboard to, to what you guys do in the field? Right. Uh, to answer this question, I have to give you like the point of view that I had during the academy. Sure. So the academy, the academy is uh, done in two parts. You have drill instructors, who are uh, in charge of you and the barracks. So you have your uh, instructor assigned to your class and he is in charge of your class while you're in the barracks and in free activities. He can punish you for throwing a cigarette on the ground. He can punish you for approaching the fence. He can punish you for not listening to the commands. And then you have the administration who is in the school side of things. Then you have your uh, instructor for the school who can also punish you, but for their side of stuff. So this part where uh, we were drilled by the instructors is pretty overdone. It's not so needed like they did it. Yeah, it's okay in the first month or maybe two months, but not the whole, the whole academy. It's too much for one person to handle physically and mentally. We had people going to hell physically and mentally. We had this recruit who, wait, uh, who when came in, she came in with uh, 70 kilos and she uh, was kicked out of academy because of uh, underweight uh, weight. She she lost uh, 20 kilograms in first month of training because of stress. And uh, that's how stressful it was. And later on, when you start working, you notice that many things that you learned in the school part of the academy are useful. And some of the things that you learned in the uh, barracks and the free time that you had with the instructors is useful, but not most of it. So yes, I say absolutely. Uh, whenever, if you go to police academy in Serbia, you, you must pay full attention to the classes if you don't pay full attention to the classes you are going to be fired within a year because uh police law in serbia and law overall in serbia is pretty pretty uh strong on police officer not knowing it if you don't know the law and you're enforcing it and somebody reports you you're really going to be kicked off the force pretty easily and nobody's going to care about you nobody's going to do anything to help you stay on the force nobody cares about you not at all so yeah i say it was really useful and it was uh, proved to me later. I proved it to myself because I was working alone for two years 
and I still work alone, that uh, what I learned in academy, I applied later, was really healthy for me. I did not lose my compass uh, after the academy. Let me ask you this, is because kind of leaning more towards that stress inoculation type stuff, is the the citizens with the like a normal cop like you, I realize you know it's ignorant to, I don't want to word this. Um, it's obviously the, the job is I think dangerous any anywhere in the world. But as a Serbian cop, are you pretty regularly getting in fights with people, or do people kind of respect law enforcement there? Right. This this is an interesting topic that you just asked because uh, when you see videos like uh, police activity and U.S. law enforcement, uh, when a police officer is present, they will not attack the police officer. Not at all. They they if they do, they know the consequences. That's what goes after. But at that point, uh, the fight might stop or might not stop. In Serbia, when a police officer shows up, fifty, actually, I say I can pretty sure say seventy percent of the time, the fight stops. The fight, the situation stops. When the police officer is present, you don't argue, you don't talk, you just shut up and wait for him to say what he has to say most of the time. But during these last four years, new recruits are coming and uh, pretty young cops are coming to the force like me. And when you show up with your 22 years of age and two years of working in in the police force and you try to stop a fight with your kind of still childish voice and childish you know way to give out orders that you're not used to nobody takes you seriously in the first place and then you can shout as long as you want you can shout stop police you can shout stop don't like stop 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 you can shout as long as you want but if you don't go physical it's not going to stop so there is this uh, hierarchy in serbia unofficial hierarchy that citizens respect older cops more than young ones that's that's where what it boils down to and I guess where I was kind of going in a roundabout way as far as like the level of training to what you guys deal with the street, I didn't know if, you know, because we're talking about kind of being a third world, second world country, if yeah. the citizens are so violent that you oh. need to be, you really need to be really, I guess, for lack of a better word, hardcore as far as that goes. And that's why they fucking beat you guys for nine months is so you guys are ready to deal with the citizens. Yeah, uh, that's that's right, because our, our population really varies from uh, mostly good people and people that will offer even coffee when you walk through the downtown and talk to you normally, to the people that will just randomly walk up to you and be kind of not drunk, but, you know, just took a few shots of vodka or something, and they're like, want to argue with you, and they escalate it. So there are many situations that you can find yourself seen when you work in the police, in the small departments or in the big ones, just because you're a police officer. Uh, during the day, the day shift, most likely you're not going to encounter a fight, an argument, or any sort of problem. But as long as it's light outside, no problems. When the dark comes, when 7 p.m. passes, you're fucked. Uh, basically, on the bigger in the bigger cities uh, where police lacks uh, numbers, you're you're pretty much down to yourself and your partner, and you're not going. Uh, to be proactively approaching the work because you don't have enough support by the staff or by the brass or anybody else to do the job properly because you don't have the numbers, you don't have the equipment and the law does not support you doing the job properly. So yeah, you can, yeah, you encounter bad situations now and then, especially with the immigrant crisis that we are going through right now. We like, I drew my firearm uh, more times than I drew my notebook last week, for example. 
uh, that's how bad it is right now in my city, just because we are in the most, most northern side where the border is. But in the other cities, you can encounter casual uh, civilian disputes, fights. Fights are pretty often during the evening hours because people go to uh, bars even during the weekdays. So they after work, they go to a bar, get drunk and fight. That's a normal thing to happen here. Uh, while it's probably not in the West normal to go on a Monday to a bar and have a fight you know, with somebody. It's most likely not yeah, acceptable. You'd be surprised. Well. Yeah, but it's it's a pretty common spread here that you have like, it's called, our bar is called Kafana. And this place is like, a, it's like a church for older people. You know, they go here, they get themselves drunk and fight all the time. And if they don't fight each other, they fight somebody on the street. If they don't fight, they they cause a car accident. And that's how uh, most cities, uh, like what the policing, policing comes down in most cities. Drunk, drunk and disorderly conduct is most of the policing. What is a normal day for you on patrol? So since I, work, uh, since I said that I work uh, foot patrols, and if I work that assignment that I like, let's say my normal day as a foot, foot patrol officer is coming to station during the uh, beginning of my shift. I have to show up 15 minutes before the shift starts. I have to talk to the previous uh, patrol officer who worked the same beat. He he tells me what happened during the day, who he saw, who passed, who walked through the street, who who was uh, sitting in the bars, who was uh, who, like who drove through the center, most like important people, people of interest, and everything. I remember that I write it down, and then I do the same walk with him. I go through the my through my beat once with him, and then he finishes, and I go uh, back to the police station to take the. Uh, paper that you get to the beginning of the shift that you're allowed to actually go and work because when you start the patrol in Serbia you are given this uh, paper it's basically patrol order that's how we call it in this patrol order you're given your uh, registration number you're given your badge number you're given your uh, other weapons that are assigned to you and specific uh, tasks that uh, the seniors want you to do throughout your shift and you follow this uh, police uh, this patrol order throughout your day mostly but you can also initiate traffic stops on your own and do stuff on your own. So when I take this paper, I go down to the lower part of the station. I get my radio station, my handheld radio. And because it's pretty broken and uh, old equipment, I have to take maybe two and three batteries sometimes. And I carry these three packs of batteries in my pocket dangling all the time because you know I walk all the time, I don't drive. And <clears throat> then you go to the beat uh, that you're assigned to, you. You're, you're, you're given the order to uh, stop by the businesses. You have to make uh, contact with business owners, let them know that you're currently present in the field, that you are there for them to help, and that they can get you on their number or on the emergency number all the time. Once you go through the downtown area once, you're free to take a short break, and basically the day repeats like that all the time. You walk around, break. Uh, walk around and take a short pause or a break. If you encounter somebody suspicious, you can stop them and you know check them because our law is different than yours. We don't have reasonable suspicion or probable cause for that matter. That was actually <laughs> something I was going to talk about a little bit was you know search and seizure type stuff. So basically, you don't have to have a reason to search somebody. You can search anybody you want, kind of deal. Yeah, the law we have like uh, police uh, business is done based on police law. It's called like that. Police law is the name of the law that uh, is restricts my permissions on citizens. So uh, this law has like uh, I don't know hundred points that uh, are covering my rights uh, and my law enforcement rights. 
one of these rights is stopping and tracking. That's how it's called, stop and track. Uh, in the stop and track area, you can see that there are 12 reasons to stop a person. And these 12 reasons are mostly objective reasons, but many of them are subjective reasons. And the subjective part is pretty interesting in our law because everything that is subjective in the law, police law, is uh, led to the police officer. There is no standard of uh, objectiveness or subjectiveness in the law. It's just uh, what you say, it is, it is, you know. If I say that you're suspicious because I say it's suspicious, nobody's going to question why I said it. You can be white or black, you can be wearing a hoodie or not. If you're suspicious to me as a police officer, I have covered my uh, one of the 12 points in the law and I can stop and search you. You brought up white or black. Are there racial issues within Serbia? Uh, currently, no, but in my town, yes, kind of, because we have these immigrants from uh, East, from Syria and Afghanistan that are coming to us because they cannot go further to Hungary because between Hungary and Serbia, there is a, uh, there is a massive border fence that uh, Hungary put up. So the immigrants cannot go to Hungary and they cannot go to Croatia because Croatia is... Uh, bordering Serbia with Danube River and you cannot swim through Danube at any time of the day. You need a boat and you need resources and there is police all the time there so you cannot check. So these people don't know where they go. They just go to Europe. They want to make it to Germany and they, they're blocked off in this corner of Serbia, northwest corner, where my city is, my, my station. And we are covering this massive issue that cannot be covered by one police station. We are handling basically whole European immigrant crisis on our own, if you understand what I mean. So these immigrants are, of course, they are black and all sorts of color, doesn't matter. But, you know, uh, people now connect the color of skin with issues they are having because they never had issues like this before. Because Serbia, in Serbia, maybe have five or six black guys per city, you know, living in the city. You cannot encounter a black guy on a daily basis here. So basically, yes, race is sadly connected with some crimes. Like uh, our people are like, I can say gypsies because I'm Serbian. It's normal thing to say. They call themselves gypsies. Gypsies in Serbia are kind of blackish. They're, they, they have the different cone color than we do. And we are okay with them. We don't have issues with them as a nation. But there is stereotypes. Again, like they steal more. They, it's common spread word around Balkans and even Romania and Croatia that gypsies are stealing uh, copper wires for some reason. And that's not true at all. I have not encountered a single gypsy stealing anything during my two years in the, in the force. So we have the same issues with Syrian and Afghani immigrants right now in Serbia because they actually commit real crimes and they're dangerous to the people, like stabbings and shootings that we never had before. Like your average Serbian cop never drew a gun on somebody before four years, before this immigrant crisis. And now we have all these problems, you know. Is the government, I mean, is there a solution in the works or is it basically like, ah, you guys just figure it out? It's figure it out or fuck yourselves you know they just let it to you because you know who, 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 nobody cares about you the government does not care about the people or their police it's just a matter of time when the police themselves turn against the government you know in my opinion you said something interesting i thought was interesting <laughs> as far as the academy really prepared you for police law and if you didn't know the law you're going to have a lot of trouble as a cop and you know if you violate the law as a cop you're going to be in a lot of trouble which i found interesting based on you know, the corruption that we've been talking about. Can you kind of give some examples of that? Like, what are some things that cops will get themselves in trouble for and end up paying the price for it? Uh, yeah, because 
if you're a cop, you're not protected by anybody. You're not, no, nobody actually cares, as I said. So the things that you might get in trouble is the thing I said, not knowing the police law, the stop and seize, stop and seizures uh, part of the law. You, you have 12 reasons to stop a person by the law. There is, they're pointed out like, this is a reason, this is a reason, this is a reason. You can stop a person if they're located in a point of interest, in a government building, if they're acting or if they're acting like they will or about to commit a crime. And this is subjective, you know. And if you don't know this point that you're given as a subjective reason to stop somebody and they and the citizen asks you why I'm stopped and you say, because I want to stop you, you're, you're, you're not right. You cannot say that. You need to give them the legit reason. You, you're required by the same law that allows you to stop them for a subjective reason. You're, uh, you're, you must say this, the exact, the, the exact uh, point in the law that you used to stop them. They have the right to know. Not immediately, but after you finish your stuff, you need to tell them. And what most cops don't do, or some don't do, they just say it out of their own ignorance, because I can. And then they get recorded. Somebody records them. They send it to the internal affairs, and they get fired or suspended or for two months without pay or something like that. For a simple word, like, or simple sentence, like, because I can. You know, that's what how you can get in trouble. And that goes on the larger level as well. If you don't know how to, what's the law that covers usage of firearms what's the law that covers usage of force what type of force you can use and how that's all the things that you must know during all like every part of your shift but you know if you don't know it to the smallest detail somebody will fuck you up on the way to the you know to the court or in the court later if you if it comes to the court you know you mentioned that you do the foot patrols and you you know you speak with the businesses and stuff and you know, it sounds like you probably contact citizens quite a bit. Yeah. Do I the do. public? Do you feel like the public supports the cops there or no? Uh, public supports the good cops here. If they see a good cop, they'll do anything for that cop to stay there. I see in my community, my local community, my uh, my zone where I work, uh, bring me coffee during the cold days. Uh, invite me in during the time when they shouldn't be working. Like they, okay, they're closed for for tonight. But they gave me the keys of the business and say, you can sleep here. You can be here. Uh, stay with us. You can be here. You helped us before. We want to help you. We want to support you doing right here because we have not seen somebody doing right like this to us in a long time. You know, they, they actually miss good police officers here. And when they see one, they know how to respect it. So, yeah, they pretty much respect good cops here. Yeah. I feel like I'm obligated to ask because I've asked everybody else internationally, but when the George Floyd thing happened, were there protests in Serbia about George Floyd? Oh my God, that was so like they were not that nobody was protesting for George Floyd, but they were taking uh, samples from all of our police, like similar to George Floyd, not the one because we never murdered somebody like that. There were other situations where somebody was badly hurt by a police officer, but you know they take this example and compare it to George Floyd and then say. This is the new George Floyd of Serbia. This is the new situation here. This is our police, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, they, they use the chance to, you know, spit on our police. Interesting. Well, I guess the next question I was going to have, because you mentioned that you had to pull out your gun a couple times last week. Are police shootings common in Serbia? Uh, they were not common, as I said, until like last four years before coronavirus happened. Uh, that's where our people started going uh, mentally pretty much. And then usage of firearms really raised by the police officers because everybody was closed in for like a whole year in the house and there was 
there was this uh, police hour where you couldn't go out unless it's from like five to six or six to seven, I don't know. And people were going like really mental with the, with the coronavirus and everything, especially with our state of things in Serbia. We had enough of our state before Corona and even after it and during it, it was like really, really bad times. And after Corona, like this Corona main attraction passed, uh, people were like pretty fucked up mentally from the, uh, you know, there were consequences from staying indoors so long and people snap so easily and all like that. So that's when the first usage of firearms uh, raised for us, like uh, after coronavirus ended in Serbia. But after that, when the immigrant crisis started like going like really bad, especially in the North Serbia, then we had like more than a couple of usage of firearms during the year. So it's about, uh, I say, one or two usages per two months. Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting you brought up the kind of being locked inside because I, I was curious if you guys kind of dealt with that too, and it sounds like you did. Yeah, really badly. I kind of a personal observation. I, I feel like if you know, and maybe the internet's not the best tone for things, and and maybe you know I'm I'm not looking at things. My maybe my vision isn't clear on this right now too, but it just seems like everybody's really fucking tense and everybody's really upset, and there's just like this something in the air quote unquote that wasn't there before and i i think you're onto something i think that it's kind of this everybody was locked in and you know maybe people you know they didn't touch grass for long enough and now yeah. all of a sudden you know all these these issues have kind of manifested and uh exactly. even though it's over and it's kind of getting back to normal a little bit uh i think there's the, there's going to be a heavy price to pay i i believe of some all the shit that happened yeah it's pretty visible that uh the, the virus and the whole lockdown thing for all countries was pretty bad. There is still lockdown in some countries, I think, not like lockdown as in like full lockdown, but some stores don't work in their full capacity. And uh, now everything that hap- happens after the virus in Serbia, that's bad is the virus is excuse for it. You know, if there is issue with prices of gas, coronavirus or Ukraine, if there is uh, issues with uh, police officers being corrupt, coronavirus or Ukraine again, everything there is to blame is to blame on coronavirus in Ukraine nowadays. So you know people are going to hell with their state of state of mind after that. At least here, that's how we see it. Well, it's it's the same here, except you know different. <laughs> it, different, you know what I mean? Like there's different things we blame. We all we all, <laughs> we, we point our fingers instead of looking at things realistically. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's easier to blame something or someone, and you know, that's a story for another day. Yeah. You said something interesting uh, a while back, and I wanted to go back to it as far as you can find people and they pay you on the spot. Uh, you're fine. They're, you're, no, no, they don't pay on the spot, but they're fine on the spot. Uh, you get like a citation book that you have. Let's say your standard US cop can issue traffic tickets on the spot, right? Yeah. But I can issue uh, tickets for traffic violations as a traffic cop, and I can issue uh, peace disturbance uh, uh, tickets on the spot, like, uh, you know, advise them that they're going to be issued a ticket and then, then they go, they get a court date later to their home address. Okay. Yeah. We, we have that too. That's pretty similar. All right. <laughs> I know there's countries out there that I've heard of. I, I, I wish I had a good example where you actually, you pay the fine right there and then to make it go away, which, you know, is kind of ripe for corruption, I would say. Yeah, it is ripe for corruption. Yeah. It's a good ground spot. Um, What is... So let's say you make an arrest 
on you know whatever type of law i i i'm i'm assuming most of the laws are kind of similar but so you make an arrest what is the procedure like to put them in jail i mean is there a bond can you bond before you see a judge how does that all work no 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 the thing here is like everything that happens before the judge is in police power so it's 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 done by the laws of the state and constitution that we have so let's say i arrest you for uh, pissing on the street that's just an example which is illegal here you cannot piss wherever you want you need to, it, it, it needs to be in a public toilet or in a toilet for that fact doesn't matter which one you're stopped you're uh, you're arrested when you're arrested you're not uh, told that you're arrested you're told that you're detained uh, word detained in serbia means arrested for your patrol officer because i cannot i i legally can arrest you but uh, if i say you're arrested by me then I have to do the arrest report and arrest papers, which are pretty complicated and, you know, all that. And because the one who actually gives out the arrest order to the person that's being arrested and taken to the jail, uh, they have to uh, press the charges against that person. So I'm just like a workhorse. I locate the, the felony or the violation. I can cuff the person. I can even arrest them on the spot, but I don't, I don't say you're arrested. I say you're being detained and brought to the station under suspicion of committing this crime. That, that way, I can bring them to the station and have other officers who is assigned to doing the paperwork for the arrest actually tell them that they're arrested and give them their Miranda rights at, at that point. Understand? If you can understand that. that, yeah, that, like, that now, that you said Miranda rights. Yeah. Or did I? Yeah. Yeah, you see, I said yeah, it, they're the same. They're the same, but they're not called Miranda rights, of course. They're just the same, but they're not called the same. Okay. You know? Okay. I got you. You, you. you basically have to tell them that they have the right to attorney. To you know, we can if you cannot afford one, one, one will be appointed to you by the state. And then after that, you're give you're giving them the piece of paper that gives that's the full list of their rights, which is they can call a person of in, the person that they want. They can contact their lawyer. They can get the food they want. Uh, not they want, but the food that's uh, in in accordance with their religion or beliefs, that they have a right to uh, press. Uh, how do you call? How do you call it in English? Let me find the word. That you can uh, put in an appeal to the arrest before you show up to the judge, but this appeal does not grant you being let go from the station. You can just be let go from the judge after the court hearing, but you're still to show. Uh, you still have to show up for the uh, courtroom hearing uh, first and the second time that you have. So, uh, yeah, that's that's how the rights, the, the Bill of Rights kind of the things about Miranda rights work here. So if so, if you're arrested for pissing in the street, you take them there. Somebody else at the station will actually do the paperwork and do the arrest part. Yeah, so it's it's like really complicated because, as I said, the law used a different law system. We use. Uh, uh, basis of Rome, Rome law, old Rome, but you use uh, something that we called uh, Anglo-Saxon law, I think that's how it's called. I'm not sure. But yeah, so when I arrest a person, I can cuff them. I cuff them most of the time because they're pretty prone to resisting. And uh, they mostly they, they, they mostly resist the arrest when they're drunk. So you arrest the person, you call for backup, they, they bring you the car, you go with the backup to the station, and the backup unit just leaves you in the station and then you put them into the holding cells. And then the guy who works in the station as a dispatcher, he also gets the assignment to do the paperwork for the guy that's being put into the holding. But you do the, pre the first, uh, first officer report. 
you have to write the report how you en- encountered the person. And that's all you have to do. I don't know if you know too much about after after that happens, you know, do they do they sit in jail until they see a judge in the morning type thing? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. It's mostly like that. If you are in uh, the law says the Serbian law says if you're uh, if you're going to repeat the offense or are most likely to repeat the offense if let go right away from the police station, you're going to be held up to twenty four hours in the police station or uh, forty eight hours if it's weekend if it's not work day. Uh, and after that, you see the judge in the morning or the next day when the judge is available, or right away if it, if you are uh, not a Serbian citizen, because if you are let's say American, you have to go right away to the judge. It's a shorter process for uh, immigrants for people that are not Serbian, natural citizens of Serbia. So you go to the judge and he reads the pre- uh, preliminary report of the officer who stopped you. He reads the ticket and he reads the if it's a felony, then he reads the charges and the things that you wrote or the officer who arrested wrote. And you are in the courtroom with the guy and everything. And yeah, it goes like in the USA. Evidence is is presented if there is any evidence. If not, everybody gives their statement and witnesses are brought in. And that's about it. There is no jury in Serbia, by the way, for the uh, basic felonies and misdemeanors, just for the high profile cases. Okay. I'm kind of interested in this because it sounds like you have the foot patrol and then you have officers in cars. I guess what's the main difference? Are the officers in cars, do they just do traffic stuff or do they respond to calls too? As a foot patrol guy, do you respond to calls? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're in a small community because everybody's assigned an area to work during the shift. Because you lack numbers, everybody's allowed to go to every area besides uh, the officer that works foot patrol in the downtown. Downtown must be covered 24-7 by at least one officer. Uh, we mostly have two units, two units of two cops plus uh, one cop in the street plus one cop in the immigrant uh, immigrant camp in uh, outside outskirts of the city. So there is about uh, seven to ten cops on the road per uh, fifty thousand citizens plus two thousand immigrants, illegal immigrants, and uh, these cops respond to everything. If uh, the patrol, the car patrol, is sent. On the in the area outside of downtown, they will respond to it. But if it's in the downtown area, I'm going to respond with them or alone. Depends on what I want. Because when there is a call in my area, I'm in charge of that call. There is nobody who can say, I'm going to handle this over you. Because I'm here assigned to this area. I know the people. I know the issues mostly. And I can ex- I, I mostly can expect what's going to happen when I, when I show up. <clears throat> so Car officers are assigned uh, papers to deliver to certain communities, like let's say warrants. They execute warrants, low risk warrants, and they get they get these warrants like pack of warrants in the, a folder, and they have to finish this folder by the afternoon, because in the afternoon uh, then they have to do the proactive police work, if they are want to do that, because you you spend half of your shift doing uh, low risk arrest warrants as patrol officer, most of the time. Okay. Um, do you consider, I mean, there's some, obviously some outside influences that are concerning it and obviously the, you know, the corruption that we've talked about, but do you consider Serbia an unsafe place to live? Uh, it's, I, I consider it safer than USA. Uh, we never had a single school shooting as I, I, I had to mention it. Sorry, but I had to, uh, I didn't ever encounter an active shooter situation. It never happened in such a way that somebody was hurt or police did not respond accordingly. 
Last time we had an active shooter, a teacher from the school took him down physically and restrained him until the police arrived. Uh, the physic, the teacher from the, uh, how do you call it, the gym teacher, he restrained the subject who had an automatic weapon and uh, a bomb in his hand alone, for example. That's how it's done mostly here. Mostly before the police arrives, somebody else will react and do the good Samaritan thing and actually help us before we are there, if they have the ability to do so, of course. Other active shooter situation that we encountered, not me, but other cops, was in a major city in Serbia that's really big, and they just shot the guy down. Police was right there on the spot because it was downtown city. So, yeah. But Serbia is overall pretty safe. You're not going to be subject to random robbery, random uh, attack, or mug on the street. If you're involved in criminal activities... By default, yes, you're going to be subject to these things. But if you are not involved, if you are a normal citizen who goes to work, pays your, like, has a salary, uh, you know, has kids and wife, nobody's going to ever, 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 ever touch you in the street. What is common is uh, getting your bike stolen by somebody when you leave it in the storefront or something, you know. But besides that, nothing else happens here. So if anybody's playing at home, the murder rate in 2018, I assume this is per 100,000 people, was um, five, um, five people, which is pretty, pretty high. And then us, in, yeah. in Serbia, per uh, 100,000 people, your murder rate in 2018 was 1.23. Yeah. Um, which was up like 15% from the prior year. So basically four additional people per 100,000 are victims of murder in the U.S. compared to Serbia. I, and I guess I, when I think of that part of the world, um, and I'll ask you because you know, yeah. feel free to poke some fun, but <laughs> as an American, you think about that part of the world and it just always seems like it's war-torn and it's always um, cloudy out. You know, every time I see the movies there, it's like cloudy yeah. out and dark and gray. Is that accurate? No, it's not. That's the narrative that you're given. And same narrative that we're given for you. That's how we see USA. And that's how USA see us, basically. This part of the world is one helpful place when you look at it from all perspectives. As I said, corruption is, yes, it is a thing. Everything yeah. aside, life is good. I was going to say, corruption-wise... Now, is there corruption in the sense like if you spoke out against the government, the government would, I guess, essentially kidnap you and murder you type no, of thing? No, 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 no. That would happen even in a movie. That No, that's not a real thing to happen here. That never happened, actually. Government just does not care about you. You're so, you're, for them, you're not important enough to be kidnapped and killed. Simple, simple as that. Whoever spoke ever here, nobody ever got hurt by the government in that sense, you know that they will physically hurt or something. But, you know, as I see there, like in these protests, for example, in 2020 in Belgrade or after George Floyd incident, uh, people were like, there were people that always spoke, uh, the same people spoke on the different protests all the time. And these people are known that are involved with politics. Nobody's going to keep them and murder them because, you know, it's a small country. It's just 7 million people. You can easily know who did what, even if you, you know, do it without anybody seeing. There is always somebody knowing or watching or knows something that you don't know. So it's not a common thing in Serbia to resolve problems by murdering people. Or, you know, they can pressure you in other ways, economically or, you know, send you bills more often. Or I don't know, send you bills, but, you know, do something that you can uh, not uh, escape from. 
you know, in a legal sense, they pressure you legally as a state if you are a bother to them, you know. This has honestly been one of the uh, the most interesting podcasts we've ever done. I I find it just almost enlightening, you know, because I it's uh yeah sorry man I'm kind of tired I'm lost for words I had kind of a long night but <laughs> it's kind of interesting and and maybe a lesson we can all learn is to maybe maybe like you did talk to people and see how it actually is instead yep, of this. you know whatever the media or social media <laughs> fucking feeds you that's exactly what they say because as I as I talk to you I also see that you're not my uh, classical stereotype of what Serbians see as American and neither what's was classical, any American. What's a classical stereotype? You think I'm just down here shooting guns off in my basement? Yeah, shooting guns, eating, eating, <laughs> <laughs> eating burgers, by the way. You, you the burger thing, uh, let's, uh, you said that earlier and I was like, oh, yeah. that one, that one might be true. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm eating, pretty much eat burgers 24-7. Uh, but they see you as a, like, like, basically, like, if you say American, you Serbians think fat, reckless, stupid, uh, ignorant, uh, only U.S. centered. Well, I'm fat and stupid. Shit. I'm not reckless, though. I am fat and stupid. Not all, all three of those. Okay. Well, uh, I don't agree with you because if you were stupid, you wouldn't be able to comprehend the things that I'm saying. Because I'm saying something that you don't have visual interaction with. You have to have take my word for it and take the take my take my understanding of the situation and try to understand it yourself. And you're pretty open-minded about it. People think that you guys are not open-minded about anything. They think that you're overall stupid nation and that you don't argue against anything. But from what I see, uh, Americans are more uh, united than we are in some points uh, during this 21st century. You guys did some things that we would never be able to. I always, like, I followed some pages that... Uh, uh, put in lawsuits against uh, states for uh, restricting your second amendment rights and i see that your guys are high, like your guys are fighting really hard against the unconstitutional laws that are being brought in by the current government i guess or whoever brings them in uh, and that's something that uh, it's not done here really often uh, we barely got the uh, life sentence put in place in serbia just because the government was almost taken down by the people and they had to do it they had to bring in the new measure of punishment, which was, till then, 40 years maximum prison time. But after the big protest in, I don't know, 2020, uh, they brought in the capital, like, uh, not capital, but, you know, life sentence. It was introduced what, after that. What could you, what would you have to do to get a life sentence in Serbia? You have to rape a child or kill a state agent or do something that's atrociously disturbing and disturb the public. Do you know what I think should happen if you rape a child? Uh, being that's well, what I think should happen. That would happen if you had the right to possess a firearm or right to Second Amendment, like you guys had. But you know, we live in Europe in Serbia, and that's not a thing, sadly. I mean, I mean, at least you have some firearms. I know there's other places. It, we it do. We like do. You know, it sounds like there is. It's not really a fair process for some people, but at least there's something. Oh, it's uh, far it, from fair. You know, I, I think the thing that I think we're starting to realize in the states is. um Look, I I'm I am a proud fucking red blood burger eating American. I'm really proud yeah. <laughs> of you know the things that the generations before me did. Not all of it was great, but I think we have to realize too. We're looking at it with a lot more knowledge than they had, and, and I don't think it's fair to look at a situation 
it's like you're in a police situation and somebody looks back and they know all the information about it. Well, you didn't know that at the time. So I think you have to be fair to history. I, I think there's things that have always been universally wrong in history. But, you know, we we came here. We established this nation. I mean, we fucking saved some people in some wars. We did some good things. Uh, we've, I think, in the opinions of a lot of folks, we've uh, over overstepped our bounds at some points. And, you know, we're a young nation and we're still learning but yes. for the most part americans like everybody else on this fucking planet are good people the problem is when the government and corrupt people and people that are powerful or think they're powerful and think they know better than everybody else cause problems i mean i don't i don't think people re- realize that they probably just hate the governments of other country and they don't actually hate okay, the people the exactly people. Yeah, that's because the people, no matter what, the people are the ones that are suffering, you know, whatever the issue is, you know, in in America. And I would say every country is a lot different. It just, you know, New York City does not represent where I live in Iowa, you know, and, you know, it's such a diverse area and it's such a big area. I realize there's bigger countries, but I mean, you know, especially you have parts of the country where people immigrated from, you know, from Russia, from Germany from Italy and now it's kind of this big melting pot but there's different pockets of ideas and I I I would say I think probably let me let me ask you this do most people do you see I guess I can't ask most people I can ask you do you see the United States as a divided country right now because I assume you guys get a lot of the news no I no I don't no no, not at all I see there is yeah there is the people that are divided of course because it's a massive and big nation la just just la and new york have like millions millions of people living there more than our whole country but just imagine if serbia had that amount of serbs in serbia like just i cannot imagine that many of us not arguing against something it would be wrong not to argue if you just don't argue that you will not bring up the bad and good sides of uh, of the ideas that you're trying to present on the other side but uh, that's basically you know, how, I, I cannot translate it to English, but you will always hear the loudest in the group. And that goes for the whole nation. You are, like in Europe, we hear about extreme extreme cases in USA, extreme LGBTQ rights, extreme uh, gun law rights, extreme everything. And that's what people see when they think of USA, extreme. But it's not so extreme. Most of people that live there are, as you said, like mixture of many cultures and religions and everything. And there is, no generalization for for USA to say this is how America looks like or this is how USA is because from east to west there is millions and millions of people different in cultures and everything and it's just wrong to generalize a nation like that you know and you know I think we we have a very loud 10 to 15 percent on either side of the political spectrum here but I think for the most part I don't know man it's hard sometimes because it Certainly from my purview, it is a very divided country, but I spend most of my day on fucking social media. So I'm seeing the worst of the worst. Most people kind of put their head down and go to work and, you know, enjoy time with their family and all that stuff. Yeah. I know Um, what you're talking about. Yeah. I I have the issues again, the same issue here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you kind of brought up an interesting point, you know, what's his name said more money, more problems where more people, more problems. And it's just, it's magnified, right? Like if, you know, if you live in a town of a thousand people and you have two people that are assholes and then you, you know, now you live in a town of a million people, you know, times that by 
what of course you know, yeah it, it just it makes a difference but anyway do you want to you want to we talked about some pretty serious stuff along oh wait i have one more question and then i have some instagram stuff okay and, um Go on. we can uh we can do some fun stuff um the the last thing i think that i really wanted to get into that i can think of <clears> is <throat> the um pay and retirement type stuff in serbia is that a good paying job to be a cop in serbia uh no this is a diff- again like all topics when it comes to law enforcement here that one is difficult benefits are great you have three months for uh for i think for for one year it's three months benefits like you work three months more you know that's how your uh how pay and benefits are counted like if you work one year uh in your work uh resume that the state holds for you it says that you worked one year plus three months because each year you get three months added to your uh overall length of service because that's the benefits that you have as a police officer. And because of that, you go to a pension early. So you can go to pension as of 54 years of age. And I think 20 something years of service, not sure. But the years are important. You go uh, pretty young compared to other Serbs. But while rest of the population goes to pension and gets the pension only after uh, uh, 60 and 60, almost 60 for women and 60 for men. I think that's how it is right now in Serbia. So, yeah, you can go to early pension if you want. You get smaller pension and you go to pension as 54-year-old man and you still have life to live after that compared wow. to, others, to, to, to other Serbs. Pay, on the other hand, is uh, really your average, just enough pay to go through the life. You can get uh, easier loans from the bank. You can get any loan you want right now. If I wanted, I could get a loan for a house if I would like to as a Serbian cop who's, again, 22 years old, just barely, you know. And I can get the same loan that you would be able to get if you were, you know, highly positioned in a firm here. So I'm kind of, you know, I have pretty good official and unofficial benefits here compared to your average Serbian guy. What is housing like there? Are houses pretty cheap compared to salary or? <clears throat> no, houses are uh, go from 20000 to $50,000 average house for a family. Average three family, four, four member family house. It's like two kids, parents is like, uh, let's say 45 to 50 or up to 100. Maximum 100K is uh, one house for a family. If you really want to go big, it's, then it's maybe... 70 80 if you buy a house but if you buy apartment then it's more expensive apartments go for a higher price because they're in really urban areas and i know why but people go for apartments instead of houses you have more space and everything in a house and you live better in a house than you would in apartment in my opinion but you know people still do and go you know buy apartments so the housing right now as everywhere else is going up and the pricing are skyrocketing. The prices, the prices are skyrocketing. But besides that, you know, it's usually okay. And now, you know, market is pretty shaken up by the war and everything. But besides that, it's okay. Yeah. But you cannot afford a house just be, just from your pay. You have to get a loan, fifteen to twenty year loan to pay off your house. Well, that's that's similar here. So as far as the loan goes, I just I, I feel like sometimes, especially but, in the cities here, it's getting out of reach. But I have to add, if I were to, let's say, be a 22-year-old guy who's not working in police, in police law enforcement, I would go to USA, make money, 
and then come back because your salary is substantially higher than uh, my salary, but your taxes are also higher. But if I'm not taxed in the USA and I get your salary, I can bring that salary back and pretty easily get my whole year salary just by working half a year or even less in USA. And that's what people do here. They go to Germany, they go to more developed countries, they get the pay just because they're immigrants, they work without papers, they just go and you know do it. They come back with you know, 20, 30,000 euros, dollars, whatever, or they go back like uh, for one year and then come back with 3,000. And that's how many people live here right now because of the crisis, economically, you know, bad status of the country, you know. So yeah, I just had to add that up on the on the salary and all that. Which it's interesting that you said, you know, a lot of the people there don't don't really like the West, but then they'll go there and make money. And then yeah, come back. exactly. It's kind of exactly. Exactly. And that's what, you know, mind fucks me the most when I ask them, like, I, my neighbor does it. And like, I asked him, like, man, you said you didn't love like going to Germany. And he's like, I don't like Germany, but I take their money and come back. Oh, they're stupid. <laughs> and like that, you know. It's interesting. It's interesting point of view, indeed. Yeah, I couldn't understand it myself. All right. So we got some Instagram questions. But before I did this, because um, I forgot on the last one, because I'm a, I'm a bad person. But I need to do the officer of the podcast. And uh, this person was nominated by a buddy, and they're uh, going to get a patch in the mail. So this officer serves his department with uh, dedication and professionalism daily. He's a firearms instructor, water rescue operator and instructor, driving instructor, and emergency response team member. He's a former SRO who last week filled in at our high school where the current SRO was in training. He's continually looking for ways to improve our department. And best of all, he shares memes with our team. So, and this one spoke to me because his lieutenant actually put him in for this. So I was like, fuck, man, his lieutenant's right to in. He's got to fucking win a patch. So uh-huh. it just goes to show you, you don't have to get shot or run over by a car or anything like that. Yeah. You can just be a good dude. So. This officer is one a patch. I will uh, email back his lieutenant so he can get himself a uh, a nice little patch. And uh, I do find it great that the lieutenant approves of him sending memes. That makes my day. That's pretty pretty rare thing to to hear, actually. Even here, what you know? While, while I'm pulling up the Instagram stuff, uh, what is obviously you follow my page, which I, I'll tell the story about how I first time I interacted with you. Cause it's kind of funny, but huh. do a lot of Serbian cops follow, you know, the American meme pages or, you know, are there uh, Serbian poorly made police memes? There is, there is a Serbian version of uh, poorly made police memes, not copy of you, but there is like uh, our uh, current situation memed like through the, through the page, you know, like there is there is a version of you, Serbian guy. Yeah, he makes fun of army and police force as well, you know, like uh, our fucks up and things like that that are common for us. Uh, yeah. And what uh, was the? Can second you guys part get in trouble? Thing? Can you guys get in trouble for sending memes if the department finds out? I know I talked to a, a British cop and it was kind of an issue. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can make because everything that uh, uh, disrupts the look of uh, our department in public is considered uh, against the rules and is for suspension, immediate suspension. So even like uh, if you post yourself in uniform on the internet and somebody does not like it personally, you're getting suspended, you know? Okay. All right. So similar, similar to here. Um, All right. Well, let's just power through this. Oh, I was going to, I was going to say before we get to the Instagram questions, 
there's that helicopter song which everybody uses for memes and i use that in a story <laughs> post and you're like that's a serbian song which i had no idea that was a fucking serbian song and i was like well wait a second are you a cop in serbia and that's how we started getting talking and you yeah that was fun podcast <laughs> thank you for inviting again yeah no thanks for responding to that random story back in the day so this um this question comes from Urban Dic- Dictionary guy uh who has been missing a little bit but he's f- here for us. Are you, are you familiar with Urban Dictionary? Do you know what that is? Let me see if I follow the page if that's a page like it's I a, it's I... I don't think it's actually an Instagram page but it's like um it's basically like a street dictionary of terms that uh have been bastardized essentially. I'm not familiar no no. But... Okay. So Urban Dictionary is um is basically this website that have people put all kinds of random terms that they've either made up or like kind of unofficial or slang and stuff like that. And so Urban Dictionary guy writes in usually with a a term that's usually sexual and he asks if the guest has ever done it. So go on. This one he asked if you've ever done the dirty Serbian. Huh. Dirty Serbian. What, what do you mean by dirty Serbian? Well, I gotta look it up. You got you, usually you gotta answer blind, or if you knew. Oh, what it okay, is. okay. I would say I've done some dirty Serbian. Yeah, I oh, would man. say. I, I hope this isn't bad because I haven't looked uh, it up. No. I hope as well, but it sounds like some dirty Serbian sex thing. Oh, it's bad. Do. It's really bad. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it yeah. So the dirty Serbian is the sexual act of shitting into a towel, wrapping it around the girl's head to make her look like, oh my god, I can't even read this, dude. <laughs> Um, well, I haven't done that in that case, but that's too late to answer now, I guess. Yeah. Um, come on, Urban Dictionary guy. You're going to get me canceled. There's a line here, buddy. You know it. All right. Thanks, Urban Dictionary guy. The uh, The next question actually comes in from a good friend of the podcast, Johnny Castro, which uh, if you guys haven't listened to that podcast, it was in uh, season one towards the end. He um, He's a Philly cop and he uh, does paintings of fallen officers. He asked uh, if you've ever seen a movie called a Serbian film. He said it's one of the yes. most fucked up horror movies he's ever seen. Yeah, and it was fucked up, most fucked up thing I've ever seen as well. And I recommend it to you as well. But what's it to, about? It's sick, and it's not even to mention on the podcast. It's uh, about porn, child porn industry, mm, yeah. and it's pretty not censored. It, it it's not really like showing the bigly parts but you know it's in other ways sick it's really sick in the other ways you will when you watch it you will know what he means by really sick it's new level that's my uh that's my opinion on pedophiles everyone just so we're all clear um, i agree i agree with his opinion let's see here uh do you guys have srt units does that sound familiar uh special response team so what is SRT stand for okay do you guys have ak's or what kind of weapons do they have as far as rifles? Uh, go? Yeah, rifles, uh, depending on the unit, but patrol rifles are uh, Serbian Zastavas M. Uh, yeah, Serbian AKs. Yeah, they're Serbian AKs. Okay. M70, M70, AB2. I don't know shit about those, but it sounds cool. All right. So we talked about corruption, we talked about the conflicts with neighbors. I, I might mispronounce this, but they asked, do you eat lots of Pelakavice? Pelakavice, yeah. How do you Pelakavice, say that? Uh, is homemade burger, basically, from cow meat or 
yeah, calm it. Uh, I eat shit a lot of Blaskovitsa when I work, yeah. It's the most, it's cheap and it's good and it feels good to eat and it's like uh, not overpriced uh, burger. It's normal burger that you can eat. It's, it's like, just imagine Big Mac 10 times larger with actual meat in it. Wait, hold on a second. Were you just making fun of me for eating burgers, but you're eating burgers too? <laughs> what the fuck, man? Uh, friendly fire will not be tolerated. <laughs> All right. We talked about gypsies because they asked our gypsies um, thought of poorly or is it just a stereotype? But is it kind of some of both? Oh, can you, can you, can you like, yeah. repeat that? Are gypsies um, and Romans or Romanies thought of poorly or is that kind of a stereotype? It's just a stereotype. Nobody actually cares about who you are and what do you do if you're a different color here. I think um, everybody kind of thought, forgot about gypsies for a while and then Borat. Yeah, yeah. Brought up the gypsy thing. Yeah, Yeah. they hit it. It's really, really, really. Is that movie popular? In your country, <clears throat> not popular. It's not popular, but I watched the cuts uh, from the cut scenes and some scenes from the movie when he dances, when he enters the bus, and so on. Uh, it's not popular, but it's uh, it's a known. It's known. Movie. It's known. Okay. So let me ask you this, and I, I don't know if you can answer this one, but this is a pretty good question. Do you know of anyone who is a cop during the USSR Yugoslavia times, and what has changed? Yeah, many things have changed. Most of the cops uh, that I met when I started working went to pension, but they were working during during Yugoslav times, before war and after war and during the war. So what changed? What they all say is one universal thing, and this is what the uh, whole nation agrees with. When you were a cop in Yugoslavia, you would slap anybody and nobody would complain, and everybody, everything would be resolved by a little slap on the wrist or slap on the face. Or, like for example, if you drive uh, driving properly or drunk somebody would pop your tires like police officer could just cut your tires if he wanted to and you would be happy because he didn't beat you up you know that's how the police worked back in the day might have been the way things were back in the day here um, yeah it was common it was pretty common we we talked about this really briefly but do you consider kosovo part of serbia and then the second part of the question is do many young people even care about the breakaway I consider Kosovo to be Serbia by the history that we have and whatever happened before, yes, it is Serbia. In fact, factually, it was Serbia. But nowadays, with the current, again, European corrupt politics, it's actually separated and we don't have any influence there anymore. We had our institutions in the north. We had our police till, I don't know, 90s. But now we don't have anything. We don't have the police force. We don't have the electricity company ours we don't have anything that belongs to serbia on kosovo anymore besides serbian people and factually no kosovo is not serbia it's a controversial thing to say as a police officer because you're supposed to you know care about that and you know be like kosovo is serbia till i die but no it's factually you know sadly it's not because european union and politics here are pretty weird on what is good and what is bad because ukrainian conflict is same as kosovo serbia conflict it's same situation, just different area. Yeah, it's it's kind of, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me, you know, as an American, and we kind of we're lucky in the fact, like we we talk about like civil war and stuff. But let's realistically, I just sometimes it feels like that could be a thing in the next, you know, twenty thirty years with the way politics are because they basically drive a wedge between us. But I don't know how realistic that is. But you know, folks in your region of the world. It, 
you know, it's happened, you know, you know, the USSR broke up issues with the land there. And, and it's still to these this day going on with Russia and some of those, you know, they're basically trying to reclaim some of those old USSR lands. So it's it's got to kind of suck having to just deal with that, you know, and the potential of dealing with that just even and, in the back of your mind is a real thing. And if you ask me, I'm going to say again, it's really controversial for Europeans and especially Serbians to hear this if they do. I'm fucked, but you know, uh, Kosovo is just a black hole for economy. Uh, for whole world, Kosovo is just like one hole that where you throw money, it just disappears. It was before we separated. It was before Yugoslavia was a thing. It was before Kosovo was a thing when it was one with Serbia. We still give, we are giving like people from Serbia and other parts of Yugoslav, Yugoslavia where we're giving shit a lot of money to support uh, South Serbia, Kosovo province, because it was the poorest part of the Yugoslavia. And it is to this day, it is the poorest, the most corrupt area in Balkans. You can say whatever you want is the main route for uh, drugs, weapons and everything else that's pretty bad for the rest of the Europe. It goes through Albania, through Kosovo, through Serbia and so on. While we're on the topic... You know, because you brought up talking about Kosovo and like guns and drugs and stuff. Is there a drug issue within Serbia or is it, you know, because I would say in the States, there's definitely a drug problem. I don't know if it's the same there. No, it's nowhere near close to that. We don't have to carry Narcan. We don't need it. We don't know what it is. I never seen one in reality, just over body cam footage. But on the other hand, nobody ever almost overdoses here on uh, synthetic drugs. It's really rare to even hear about a synthetic drug that killed somebody here. I think it last happened like once a year, maybe, or something like that. It happens often, but I don't hear about it, maybe. I don't know. But for now, for my two years, I never heard somebody overdosing on drugs besides once. And that's about it. So, yeah, I don't think it's Do a Do you guys problem. have any gang issues within... <clears throat> no, there's no gangs. Uh, Ser- Serbia does not work with gangs. It works on mafia. Uh, it's only way that crime works in Serbia, because organized crime families. You have a family, so so to be called family. They are interconnected with the government, with government services, and that's how crime works here. There is no gangs that will randomly shoot and kill each other for territory or uh, drugs or weapons. They don't do that like like in that in that sense. Uh, there is clans. We have uh, like the recent one that just uh, was broken up by our police department, uh, Ballywook clan, uh, uh, it was one of the largest working with the state. They were mel- they were killing people from the opposite from the opposite drug dealer um, clan, and they were like uh, melt, uh, putting them into these machines. That uh, uh, how do you say? Uh, they put the body into a machine and then not smelt it. They make meat out of it. How how, how do you say it? Oh English? man! Yeah, they were they, and they found like three bodies in that state, and. You know, the ring was broken up, but there's going to be a new one like that soon, probably. Or if not, is active one right now. But you're not going to be a victim of these crimes ever if you're not involved in uh, state-level drug trafficking, you know. So this is definitely a different question way off uh, what we were talking about. I don't even know how to preface this. But so in the um, in American culture, because there's there's no shame anymore. Uh, a bunch of kids are into eating ass. Is that something that happens? And God, I feel weird even asking. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about like you know pe- people in a meat grinder, and now it's like, hey, so do you yeah. eat ass? Uh, it's not a common thing that I heard somebody like 
jerks off to or something but you know i it's not i never heard somebody eating ass like so like it's like their primer thing like no nobody ever told me i want to eat ass <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the question it was fucking really, americans uh, we are fucking embarrassing yeah yeah uh, it's, it's, it was really necessary question for this podcast i think yeah i mean it is, it is poorly married but um yeah this is on <laughs> this is i think this next soundbite is on behalf of all serbians it's fucking embarrassing all right so he asked it and this is something that usually comes later but we're here uh have you listened to my podcast before i've listened to the international ones with okay. uh german cop yeah okay so i make it a point to uh ask people if they pooped their pants because I'm a grown adult and that's what we ask. And I, I internationally, I need to know too, is it, you know, do adults every once in a while shit their pants? Yeah, they do. Indeed they do. Do you have it a happens. good story? You and We need an international pooping story. If you got a good one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say when it was or give any time frame for that, but I was yeah actually cooking cookies. I was working. Uh, I was working with food patrol. <laughs> and I was working the food patrol and my belt caught my stomach so hard and I was in the middle of uh, in the middle of a call and this party was moving on about her child and talking about some other non-related shit. I was like, okay, we resolved it, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to leave the situation as fast as I can and run to the first business I can to take a fucking shit and I just feel myself, you know, you know, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. And at the point, she just stops and she sees I'm in some kind of hurry. I run to the toilet and as soon as I drop the pants down, it goes all around where it shouldn't be, besides my pants. So, yeah, that is the story. Pooping story. <laughs> That's like, that is like my worst nightmare is being stuck on a call. Yeah. And being it is, nowhere near a toilet, you know? It is, it is a nightmare, bro. Don't ever suffer that. Don't worry. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> Except everybody listening. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you brought up something interesting that reminded me of something I was going to ask you a while ago when we were still doing a serious podcast. I have a perception of uh, Americans as not knowing how to act and calling the police to solve all their little petty fucking problems. And you said that this lady was kind of, you know, giving some bullshit story. Is that kind of commonplace where people don't know how to solve their own problems? So they call the yep. police or is that a rarity? Yep. Yeah, it's soften. It's maybe even more than yours, you know, they call the police for everything that's, I don't know how to resolve this, let's just call the police, police officer will be here in a minute, you know, just call the police, doesn't matter if you don't have the patrol units for your shit, just call the police, you know, everybody calls the cops when they don't know what to do. I think that's pretty, I guess that's pretty universal then. Um, yeah, it is. The last Instagram question I have is and I know you you know you're a foot patrol guy, but for the the officers in the car, do they have any restrictions on you know chasing cars if somebody takes off on them or anything? Oh, we don't have any restrictions. You can wreck a car. You can sh- you, 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 only thing you cannot do is shoot the vehicle unless it's endangering yourself or others. But you can PAT. We don't have the push bars like you guys do. We can ram into them. You can crash. You can do whatever you want. It's not nobody's gonna ever restrict you from a pursuit. How often are you guys getting in pursuits? There was one last week. I was not on shift, sadly, but it was hell of a pursuit. All right. Well, there you go. What kind of patrol? This is obviously this will bleed into some of my normal questions, but what kind of patrol cars do you have out there? It's Skoda Octavia, Skoda Skoda Rapid uh, type. And 
we have uh, Mitsubishi Outlander, we have uh, Toyotas, uh, we have Suburbans as well, but uh, those are in most like bigger cities for the specialized units. So yeah, most patrol uh, uses the Skodas, the hatchbacks and limousines. That's about it. Um, and we have the BM uh, uh, 1200 RT, I think, RT, however you say it, for the cops on uh, bikes. Are there any Crown Vicks? No, I'm really sad that there are none because I like those cars. <laughs> I like Crown Vicks so bad. Like the, the the shape of the car is just amazing to me and the space it has and everything. It is amazing. It is amazing. So you would say the Crown Vic is the best patrol car of all time? Yeah, I think I would agree. I haven't tried it, but I probably agree. Do you hear that sound and think of American cops? Yeah. Yeah. I'll think of you guys every time I hear Crown Vic now. Yeah. And that sound. You should, yes. Um you mentioned this I kind of in this and then you know when we were talking back and forth, but you you'd kind of thought about immigrating over here to get into law enforcement here. Do you, do you think you would seriously do that or you think you're gonna stay yeah, there? I'm seriously thinking about it and I'm thinking about one special place. It's called Keen. It's a small town in New Hampshire and I have some family there. And I'm probably going to do it in some next three to four or five years, maybe. I'm curious, though, you know, because obviously America is not perfect and it has some some issues with it. And obviously, you know, as we've learned here, Serbia is not perfect either. What's the for you? What's the big draw to go to America rather than stay? Uh, it's not your standard American dream, but is the life that uh I don't know if you could call it conservative or liberal to own guns, but the thing that you can possess a gun, that you can be free, that you can say whatever you want, not whatever you want, but you have the free speech in the sense of free speech. You have a constitution that uh, actually means something and you have a history and the founding fathers culture and everything about your uh, existence and uh, founding of America is still uh, talked about today. It's not a lo- really old country, as you said, but the America itself and Americans are actually still taking care of the heritage, if you can call, call it like that. And your history is uh, especially when it comes to the West and the Western movies and, you know, guns and everything. You're still uh, keeping it to yourself and you can relate to it as part of your culture. culture. And that's what attracts me most. And especially the part where, you know, I see that uh, people are actually doing something to change the state that they live in. They are doing something to be the part of the change and they don't just sit around and wait for somebody else to resolve their issues. I like it. What would you say the proudest moment of your policing career is? Uh, There are many, but my proudest for these two years is because, you know, again, I was working alone. There was this incident when uh, actually I was working from uh, 1 p.m. to 7 and uh, around 4 a.m., 4, 4 during the shift, like four hours into the shift, uh, over the radio station, I heard that uh, there was a guy who ran over a child and dragged some fence along the way and uh, didn't stop for the police officer who stopped him, who tried to help the child as well. But the cop stayed for the child, of course, and not for the guy who ran because we don't have enough units again. And uh, the guy ran and out of all places that he could go and leave, he passed through the downtown of my city. I stopped him and he refused to stop. 
Why do you think I did after he didn't stop? I'm a foot patrol cop. I don't have a car. What do you think was my course of action? Um, you know what I hope you did because he ran over a child? Why do you think he, I did? I, I don't think you did this, but this is what I hope you did. It was more of a... Hold up, let me just do my part. Just one second. Uh, 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 it's here. Uh, I don't know how good you can hear this, but it was like that. Uh, that sound was made, and I got into the next car behind him, and I pursued him with a civilian car that was right, right behind him, and I caught the guy, and I was awarded like some money prize for with the a civilian, like you took the civilian's car. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled him out. He, he said like, "Okay, go, go, go." And I took the car and I followed the guy, and that was the first ever known case of taking a civilian car to catch a felony subject in my department. Dude, that's fucking awesome, man. That's some James Bond shit right there. <laughs> for two years on the service what ha- like what happens that. after 20 you know i the coolest thing i ever did was during my first year and i thought oh this is gonna be fucking awesome and then you know after that nothing really that cool ever happened again <laughs> um, what was it though uh well I, I had some good moments after that but i uh i just happened to be paying attention and uh i as i drove past this house i noticed over a fence they had a bunch of cars back there and uh i figured out you know, through some investigating, that was a chop shop. And so that was pretty oh, cool find a chop shop. Yeah. It's pretty good, man. Yeah. I'm going to ask this in the context of um, Serbia. Let's say you stayed there, you had kiddos. Would you want your child to be a cop in Serbia? No, I would not. How come? Uh, with all experiences I have now, with this state of things in Serbia, uh, not in this city, not in this time. Uh, right now, our law enforcement is only supported by the people that support law enforcement, not by the state, uh, not enough by the state, not enough by the higher-ups. Uh, nobody actually cares about what happens to you when you go to that shift and to that call. Nobody actually cares besides you and your partner, your colleagues that are working the shift with you. So whatever happens, you're you're down to it. And if you are like the pay is just too low to actually care about anything today. But, you know, for young cops it's, who are just, into the job they're doing their best and actually are proactive they it, it's a good job for the five years first five years is for me uh, after five years either retire or leave or do something with yourself don't stay in the police in serbia for for this current state of things as i say all right well buddy we're kind of coming uh towards the end of the podcast do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the millions of listeners i would like as you said previously uh if you have a chance to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. Uh, not as in, we are not talking mental health. I'm talking about uh, being open-minded. Talk to anybody you, you want to hear any stories, like international, anybody that works in any place or any kind of job. It, be it like a guy who cleans uh, shelves in the store or somebody who's a, you know leads a company. Talk to, mo- to many people and you will hear many stories. You will you're you will kind of get not smarter, but you will open your mind to new things. And that's what I want to say. And for my cops out there on the mental side of things, talk to people, mental issues are really thing in law enforcement. We have it here. We, you have it there. It's important to go over these issues and not cover them up with alcohol, drugs, and abusing your wife, you know? So that's, hey, that's a hold on. That's not a true American thing. How dare you? We don't all beat our wives. Come on now. We do. We do then. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> well, okay. Actually, I, I lied because I, I said we were towards the end, but there was two things I wanted to ask you about. One of them you kind of brought up. Um, mental health type stuff. It, the culture of, of Serbia, you know, if somebody went to talk to a therapist or whatever, is that like a normal accepted thing or do people just kind of hit the bottle over there? Uh, it's still, still not accepted. It's still like, why would you go pay somebody to talk to you? That's what they think of it. It's not still, it's not accepted as a, as a legit thing to help you. They think it's just bullshit, you know? Okay. This is something that you brought up a little bit earlier, and we don't really talk about on this podcast, but since it's international, I'm kind of curious. So you talked about like the uh, LBGQA, I don't even know all the letters, what? Yeah. Um, community. Is that an accepted thing in Serbia? Like, are you allowed to, you know, be involved in those type of things? Or if you're not, you know, heterosexual, you're a problem. You are legally allowed to do anything you want with your body. You are allowed to have a surgery and change your gender, whatever you want. Uh, but the concept of gender and sex is just that. You are either a male or a female. And nobody is going to argue with you if you say, I'm a female, I wanted to go to a female bathroom and you're physically born male. Like, for example, these things are considered sick and idiotic here. Uh, it's not a normal thing to say that you change your gender. It's considered uh, a mental health issue here. Still is, I think it's not normal to do it. It's my own opinion, but you do you. It's your body. It's your right again. So pretty controversial. I think honestly, most people really don't care what people do, except when it affects them. And I think that's kind of the thing that's lost on all that's sides of everything is, you know, every action has a equal and opposite reaction, right? Exactly. And so, uh, exactly. You know, like, I don't know. We I could probably go on for days about that, like just kind of the lack of um yeah i can add up with that just like the short sentence for example yeah, it, we have it, gay 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 right activists and the lgbtq whatever you said uh they go to the extremes they protest in the streets they want their own parade uh parade and everything and they they say they don't have rights but when you get a job in the state uh, agency and when you go to get a job anywhere in serbia nobody ever is going to ask you what's your gender or what's how do you feel like no nobody cares they just need it for the other things they don't need to know your gender because they want to hire or not hire you you know it's just for the you know some other things not because they discriminate against different genders or different ideas that you might have on on or opinions about sex and things like we just talked you know so it's pretty ex- extreme part of extreme side of things you know so it's it's basically like accepted, but then on the same hand, people are kind of like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" But they'll leave yeah, you alone. Yeah, kind of exactly, exactly. Nobody's gonna touch you because you're different. Nobody's gonna kick your ass because you say I'm gay or I'm lesbian or I'm this or that. Because I don't know because these words I'm saying uh, might come across offensive to some Americans. I don't know because I see that there is there are words that are offensive in USA. We don't have offensive words in Serbia. Only, only offensive words that you say in Serbia are insults. Nothing else is offensive. If you say you're black, it's not offensive. If you say, like, the N-word, it's not offensive. There is nothing wrong with it here because nobody takes it as bad thing. Wait, people say you the know? N-word in Serbia? But but Serbian side of N-word, you know, you can say, like, uh, in Serbian, translating in Serbian, nobody's going to say shit because nobody thinks it's racist. It, we don't connect racist, racism to word. We connect it to action. You're not racist just because you said the word. You're racist if you 
put it in a context that's racist, you know. You give it the context. One word itself doesn't mean anything. You know? Yeah. So that's that's how we see it. It's um I don't know, man. It's 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 I don't think you that I don't think you said anything offensive, but I we I hope I haven't, so I have no, to apologize. I, I, I don't think you did. And I guess that's the other thing too, is I, at some point, all of us, and I'm guilty of it too, because, you know, I may, I may refrain from saying things, some things because I quote unquote, I don't want to deal with the backlash, but I, I think we need to stop kind of being afraid to just talk and have a conversation, you know, like yeah. words don't hurt. Am I, is somebody a bad person now? Obviously, like if somebody's like, Oh, we shouldn't hire people that are, well, okay. That's, that's an issue, but that's a, yeah. But when when you basically restrict anybody's ability to say anything negative about you know a particular group, that that's a problem. There's negatives to everything. We need to stop. We need to fucking be realistic. But exactly. um, I don't know. I think a lot of this stuff is like really short sighted, and it honestly pisses pe- more people. I think that are p- pretty accepting pisses them off because they're like, I accept you. Like, stop fucking like. What, why is this what do you want more? Stop yeah. shoving it down my throat. Like nobody yeah, do your the thing. Issue. That's the issue. Shoving it down the throat. No yeah. matter who, what's the difference, be it sexuality or something else, don't shove your differences up somebody's throat. If you actually get a job at the same place I can get a job and we're different, then maybe I'm discriminated or I can say that I'm maybe it's considered normal in my country, but you know, doesn't matter what was the difference. We all get the same job here, and nobody actually cares what what was the difference between you and me. As long as you can do the job, so it yeah boils down to not being afraid. Say what you want, and you know, if you're offended, you're offended. It's well, what's there to say? Yeah, it's you know, and I won't keep you too much longer. But I I think something I'm I've, I've been trying to kind of formulate my thoughts on this is, I think people kind of get this like thing where they'll say like oh i you know i respect other people's opinions but then they kind of don't like if somebody has a we'll just say like a bad take like they say something somebody doesn't like then they're like oh, i don't really like this guy anymore you know I, there's plenty of people i like i think are good people that you know maybe i disagree with fundamentally on some things yep. Yep. and obviously there's like a line like if you're a pedo you're gonna you know you're gonna get the gunshot um thing yeah. here exactly but <laughs> You know, with with other rare exceptions, I think we can generally t- talk about things like, I, you know, I, I'm a pretty conservative guy, but I'm not super conservative like a lot of people. I think a lot of the conservatives right now in this country are fucking losing their minds. But then I have friends that are liberal, but yeah. they're not like we can have a conversation about things and, of course. you know, agree to disagree. And I, I just think like we're doing here is we can have a fucking conversation about stuff without yelling, without name calling, you know, and it's of course. Obviously, you know, there's no reason for us to yell a name call, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? No. Like, it, I don't know. I think there, yeah. there's no discourse. And, you know, anytime there's a disagreement, we got to yell and embarrass each other. And, you know, we're all guilty of it. But with that said, thanks for your time, man. I think this was re- really one of my favorite podcasts. You. This was awesome. <laughs> um, no, thank you for your time. Yeah, man. That's... Maybe someday we'll have to get like an international panel together with some of the international people I've talked to. That could be kind of interesting. That could um, be interesting. Well, you guys know what to do if you want to support the podcast, all the awesome things you guys do. You can be a monthly donor. Uh, fuck, I had somebody guy PayPal me some money. I never expect anybody to do that, but that was pretty fucking awesome. So there's a shout out to him. But um, anything you guys can do to, to help this train going, uh, we're getting towards the holidays. We're getting close. Uh, you know, look at the coins, patches, all kinds of, you know, cool gifts to give somebody. 
and then support the people that support the podcast, the sponsors, the sponsors of the page. Um, these are all people involved in law enforcement or were involved in law enforcement. So, you know, maybe instead of getting a gift on Amazon, you, uh, you send your, your, your buddy something cool that you, you know, either saw through me or, or one of the people that I sponsor. Well, with that said, you guys, uh, be safe out there. And remember Europe is not a bunch of, uh, there's not tanks running through. Are there tanks? I guess I should have asked before I said this tanks running through the middle of the square in Serbia. Nope. No, no tanks. Uh, the buildings aren't all torn down. Uh, it's not gray and smoky all the time. And uh, remember, we just hate the governments, not the people. Okay. With that said, uh, remember, I love most of you. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>